Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Impossible Podcast, the show where I interview athletes, entrepreneurs, and artists about pushing their limits and doing the impossible so you can add something to your tool bag and keep doing hard things. On today's show, I've got Ryan Carson. He's the CEO and founder of Treehouse, an organization that serves to equip and teach people programming skills and new technology skills so they can build a career in the world where college is becoming increasingly unaffordable and actually less useful. We talk a lot about this. This is one of my favorite subjects. It's really interesting. We get into their mission, how they got started, and he tells one of my favorite stories about getting back to a corner and then having to fight his way out. So stay tuned for that. But first, a few housekeeping announcements. First of all, big announcement, actually. For a long time on Impossible, I've had a pretty comprehensive guide on starting a blog. We've helped hundreds, if not thousands of people to start a blog, and it's the best way, in my opinion, if you want to do something impossible, if you want to change your life, start a blog. You're going to learn skills. You're going to teach yourself stuff, and we'll talk about Ryan's Treehouse and everything coming up, but if you want to just teach yourself some basic technology skills, figure out the internet, get started, and actually start working on your writing. Blogging is one of the best ways to do it. I would not have done anything that I'm doing in my life right now if it wasn't for a blog. And so I had this guide. It was doing really well. We were helping a lot of people, but I wanted to do more. And so this week, I'm announcing that we are launching startablog.com. We picked up the .com uh, and we're building it into the premier resource on starting a blog. I had this guide on Impossible, but I didn't want Impossible to just become a blogging site. So startablog.com is live and is launched. And the goal there is to help 10,000 people to start a blog. And if you are interested in starting a blog, we've helped probably, I think, a few thousand already. But if you're interested in starting a blog, you can go on over to startablog.com slash free blog, and I'll actually get my team to help set up your first blog for you. So there's literally no excuse. If you're interested in starting a blog, if you're interested in getting out there, starting to learn some technology skills, starting to learn how to write, building your impossible list will actually build you a free five-page blog, get you set up, get your logins, get you going, and you get like $300 worth of bonuses. So check that out. It's a really cool mission. I'm excited about it. It's something that we've been doing for a while, kind of in the background, but this is going to let us kind of expand on a much bigger basis. So check it out, startablog.com. If you want to get a free blog, you can just click that little button up in the header and uh, you can see how uh, you can basically submit all of your information and uh, get a free blog set up for you. So check that out if you're interested in startablog.com. We're helping 10,000 people start their first blog build an impossible list, and then go do something impossible, which is pretty cool. Also coming up, check out movewellapp.com. I talk about this every week, guys, but if you're sitting down and listening to this podcast, you need to take 10 minutes and go do some mobility exercises. It's going to make you stronger. It's going to make you faster, and it's going to make you hurt less. I built Movewell App when I got hurt, and it was the number one thing that helped me actually recover, get better, and finish 777. So If you want to get stronger, get better, move faster, or just feel better. We've had a lot of people use this to get rid of their lower back pain, to make just it go away and uh, not have to deal with it anymore. MoveWell is a great app for that. Uh, We're going to be adding a lot more routines here soon. And all you people on Android that have been bugging me, I have a solution for you coming up in the next few weeks. So stay tuned. Thanks for your patience. But check it out. It's free to download for iOS. So check it out. There's no excuses not to. MoveWellApp.com. Boom. Finally, as always, check out impossiblegear.com. If you guys don't have an Impossible shirt yet, you need to get one. Go on over to impossiblegear.com. Pick up an Impossible shirt. 
it is the most comfortable way to do something uncomfortable. So if you're going to have to do hard things, going to have to do difficult things, going to have to run a marathon, you might as well look good in it and be comfortable as all get out. So check it out, impossiblegear.com. Once you get a shirt, go do something actually impossible. Take a photo of it, send it in. I'll feature you on the site, on Instagram, all over the place. All right, guys, that is it for the announcements. Let's get into my interview with Ryan Carson. Ryan Carson of Treehouse voted the 2018 most disruptive startup of the year. They help people build additional skills in coding uh, in order to further their career and uh, change their lives. Change their lives. You could probably say it better than I could. <laughs> well, it's an honor to be on the show. Thanks for having me. Treehouse is an online school. We've taught 850,000 adults how to code in the last eight years. And we focus now on helping companies like MailChimp and Nike and MindBody actually create developers and retain them. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the projects I'm most excited about, which we can talk all about, is actually helping companies create apprentices who are underrepresented people of color and women mm -hmm. to open brand new pathways. It's I feel lucky to do the work. It's so fun. So, so I'm always really interested in the spaces where people are pursuing higher education in a way that's not necessarily how people have done it in the past. And so, you know, my story is I got, went through school and I finished school and I, I got a double major in business and Spanish. Whoa. And then I, I finished it and I was like, yes, this obviously means I'm a qualified candidate and now I'm going to be useful somewhere out there. And immediately graduated in 2009 and Oof. there was nothing. Bad timing. <laughs> and I've had this discussion with a bunch of friends and it's like, you know, there's a point you know, where college made sense. And growing up, that was the message. And that was what I was told. Like, you're going to college. If you're not going to college, like, yeah, what what's going on? Something's wrong with you. Or actually, it's like slightly immoral. Like yeah. the moral thing to do is go to college, right? Yeah. And so it's really interesting to me to be like, to think about it from where I am now. Because a lot of, you know, when I, when I did that, I basically had to start teaching myself coding. And I was like, okay, I want to maybe... I saw some travel writers. I was like, oh, I'd like to travel more. So I'll write about like the stories that I had. And then I was like, oh, they want you to use WordPress. So I started learning WordPress. And I basically did all this stuff ad hoc on my own. And everybody always asks me when they find out like what I do and the businesses I run, they say, well, you know, do you go to school for that? I was right. Like, no, by the time it's in a textbook, it's, <laughs> right. There's it's no three school years for that. old. Yeah. So right. I'm always really curious. Maybe go back on your process on why you want to start the company. Right. And then we could talk about education and the future and... Yeah. So actually the process started in college because I was one of those privileged white kids, male especially, that was, you know, shepherded into college. Yeah, of course you're gonna go to college. And this was ninety-six is when I went to college and the internet was just beginning to get big. And so I was like, I will study computer science. Uh, I'm not super technical actually. I'm not, you know, kind of the coder in a dark room doing complex math. It's not me at all. But um, studied computer science and then I graduated and then I got a job. And then that's when my worldview fell apart because I showed up at this job and they were like, can you code in cold fusion? It's this random language. And I was like, I, uh, yeah, I can code in C++. And like, you're hired. So I was like, what about my computer science degree? Like, I don't really, what, we don't care about that. Like, can you do the job? And I think I just was very disappointed with that, you know, 
my parents had paid, you know, $50,000 for this certificate and it meant nothing. And the skills I learned also, none of them were used, you know? And so I think Treehouse, that's when the seed was planted. Whoa, this system is broken, like at a very fundamental level. And I'm very mission driven. I grew up super religious. I'm not religious now, but it was drilled into me, make people's lives better. Like that's the most important thing you could ever do is make the world better before you leave it. So I thought I have this feeling that thousands, if not millions of people are being hurt by this system, like forever, that their lives are permanently held at a lower success level because of this system that is benefiting us privileged, wealthy group. So it really bothered me. And And this is the beginning of every good business is something that truly bothers you and and drives you and makes you angry or happy or frustrated. Like it's where it all starts. And I truly was angry about the system. Like most businesses, I was like, well, I don't know how to fix that. Um, You know, this is a institutionalized system in America. Like you said, you just kind of were told you're going to do that. If you don't do that, something's wrong with you. Oh, you're going to be a tradesperson. I'm sorry. That's so sad, right? Well, I think that that's ethically wrong it, it wasn't even that it was like you're gonna work at mcdonald's right like, right. like that was yeah. like it was like <laughs> your trade, life is over yeah trades didn't even come up <laughs> right mcdonald's is your future yeah and i just think that's wrong we know that's wrong and so that's why i started the business and it was very simple you know i don't know how to fix this i don't know where we're going but i know the system is outdated and we can change it so you know, fast forward eight years later, got about 80 employees. And we, like I said, we've taught 850,000 adults how to code. And it's proof that what appeared to be impossible was merely a problem to solve. And every day I wake up grateful that I get to work on this problem. You know, I'm alive at a, at a moment in history where I can work on a meaningful problem. I'm paid well enough that I can take care of my family. I'm healthy. There's just so much to be grateful for. It really drives me. Yeah. So real quick, can you give me an overview of, you know, you said 850,000 people you taught to code. What does that look like? Because there's coding academies, there's uh, Skillshare type sites, you know, there's people that just go and... YouTube. Yeah, YouTube basically. And so where do you guys kind of fit in all that scheme? And then what do your courses when you're actually doing that look like? Sure. So I decided from the beginning that the way to build a school was to be completely vertically integrated to do the whole stack. And what I mean by that is, is we um, hire teachers who are developers and are designers, and then they create the curriculum that gets you job ready. Mm -hmm. So it really is a trade school. Okay. You know, we're not giving you theoretical skills that you're not going to use in the job. So we focus on the practical skills. We still teach computer science Mm -hmm. because there's, there is some basic computer science you need. And then we condense that down into a curriculum and then we use video and we use quizzes and coding challenges. And what you do is you log into Treehouse and then you go through either a track or a tech degree. And a tech degree is basically an online boot camp. Okay. So it takes about six months, two hours a day. And you go through and you create somewhere between nine and 12 projects. And those projects are graded by humans. You get a Slack channel where you get to talk to other students and you get supported. And it's really kind of like night school. Okay. You know, yeah. it's designed to be done while you are working a day job, while you're taking care of your kids. And that's only $200 a month. So we tried to really flip everything and say, instead of paying for college and going massively in debt 
and then hoping you get a job, shouldn't education be on demand? You know, you, you get it when you need it. You pause it when you're busy. You cancel it if it's not working. So the tech degree, you just pay monthly and you can pause it or you can stop it anytime. There's no contracts. You're not bound by anything. Yeah. Is there like a certification at the end? There then? is. Okay. Yeah. So you get a certification, but actually certifications don't matter. Yeah. The tech degree but doesn't, some, sometimes doesn't from matter. a consumer perspective, they're like, I want that piece of paper. Like, yep. you know, that's why colleges are able to say like, we're going to charge you a hundred thousand dollars for this right. because you get this diploma at the end. And you frame it and you yeah. put it on the wall and everybody looks at it. There's a big ceremony and everything. Right. And you're and like, that, that's it. Right. And that is it. And so actually there's been a lot of research done on this and it turns out the only value of college is signal. Mm -hmm. It signals that you are employable. And so what we're doing is actually going around the system and saying, actually what's happening now is the signal is becoming your body of work. Mm. And so the way you get signal on that is you create projects and then you get a job. So actually the whole system is changing. So. So one of my buddies, Taylor Pearson, wrote a book called End of Jobs. And it was basically how the way the current workforce is going with automation and all these other things, the old track where you go to school, get your degree, you work for 40 years, get your watch or whatever, like definitely doesn't work. I realized that. He realized that. Several of our friends in the same circle ended up stumbling into sort of an apprenticeship type situation. And so he breaks down like, you know, your typical, you know, 40, 50 year career that you're going to get after, you know, that trope is pretty much done. And so he breaks it down into what's coming up next. And I like that you called this, I didn't necessarily know how to categorize it. Like, is it an online school? What is it? But you said like an online, like digital trade school. And his whole thing right there, he's got a, a site where he matches people to apprenticeships and everything, but it's like trade schools, apprenticeships are coming back. Right. And when you look at it in the course of history, like we really only had like a blip of the last 80 years where you had this idea of like a certification, then you were just going to have this job for 50 years. Right. Like yeah, apprenticeship it wasn't has normal. Been, apprenticeship has been around for a long time. Right. And it was never based on a piece of paper. It was like, can you do that work? Right. Based on the work. And we'll teach you on the job because that's how people learn. And you're right. The GI Bill actually caused the kind of the cancerous growth of the college degree. And it, it came from a good place. The government, you know, said we've got a ton of troops coming back from World War II. We need to fund their education so they can get jobs. And the government's going to pay tuition fees. And then colleges were able to continually raise their prices. But no one was ever held accountable for the results. Yeah. And then the moral message as well was, you know, kids go to college because that's the path to success. I couldn't do that. And I got held back as a blue collar worker. Mm-hmm. So this is how you escape. Yeah. But as you said, that was a blip in history, like literally a blink of the eye. And now we're back to the way humans actually work, which is they learn on the job, they learn every day, and that's how you get a job. It's really interesting. You know, there's this kind of, not to get into politics, I stay away from politics, <laughs> right. this, but there's a, there's a push for college education should be free and everything like that. And the thing that I've always seen is like, I don't necessarily want people taking a college education course, you know, like no. at this point, it's like, do you even need to go to college? And no, the, you definitely putting, don't. Putting these trade schools and these, you know, actual skills that you're learning, you're like, would you rather, I've, I've said it in the past, it's like, okay, you take your $100,000 and you're going to go to school or you give me $100,000 and you say, okay, for the next four years, you have a couple different programs you're messing around with, you work for someone for minimum wage and then like you take this, the remainder of whatever you have left on that 100K and you go 
test something out, test out a couple business ideas. Right. And if I would have started that at 18 instead of going off to school. Oh my gosh. You'd be so much further ahead, yeah. right? And I've actually done the math on this. So the raw numbers state, and I, pl- I use a retirement calculator to do this, that if you take one person that goes to college and one person that does apprenticeship straight out of high school, yeah. the difference in lifetime net worth is $2 million Yeah, wow. on The Apprentice. So wow. the apprentice actually accrues $2 million more wealth than the person that goes to college. This is simple math. Like they're earning straight out of high school. They're not accruing any debt. Mm-hmm. And then they eventually ramp to the same salary. Yeah. So everyone listening to this show, you know, should understand that the new model is going to look like this. Employers will say, okay, we can't hire enough talent because there's a talent war. Mm-hmm. So we have to create talent. So what we're going to do is actually partner with our local neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Literally, people's house that we can see from here are going to work here, and we're going to invest in their education. We pay for the whole thing. They go to night school, and then we hire them as apprentices. Okay. And we pay them a little bit less because, you know, they don't have experience, and we teach them on the job, but they quickly ramp to normal competitive pay. Mm -hmm. But they stay longer because they're grateful for the investment that was made in them. They're not going to stay forever. We know that. But they're going to stay much longer than an entitled college grad will. And so the whole system is sustainable, right? That's just if you want a job. If you don't even want a job, if you just want to work and live from anywhere, why go to college at all? Yeah. I mean, just learn a skill, make a project, ask someone to pay you $100 for that project. Yeah. You'll get someone to pay you 100 bucks, And then the next project charge $200 and the next charge $500. And all of a sudden you are a freelancer. With anything, I mean, whether that's painting or floristry or coding or design or fashion, like you can now do this yourself. So my buddy, Sean Ogle lives, I don't know if you know Sean. Yeah. Yeah. So he lives over on the other side of town and uh, he's got Location Rebel and it's like, it's basically an online boot camp for marketer type people. And so it's priced at 500 bucks and people are like, oh my gosh, it's $500. And you know, the ROI on some of these types of courses and like you guys are like 200 bucks a month for a a specific thing. Right. People think about it as expensive, but then they, they'll go out and get that student loan for a hundred thousand dollars and they won't even think about it. And thinking about it now, just like, it seems almost offensive to me that it's so, like, it's so ridiculous. It is. It's a ripoff and it's close to being a con. You know, if you think 200 bucks a month is expensive, how about $300 for the next 40 years, which is what you're going to be paying wow. on your student loan, yeah. right? So, it's amazing, right? So, it's a mentality shift. I think this whole misplaced belief in college will go away with certainly my kids. I'm probably a generation ahead of you. So, but I think certainly you yeah. know and believe that the system's rigged and you don't want any part of it. I would just, I'd be like, do you have have any any ideas? Like, I'll just like fund those for like four years and you can mess around with it, but be serious about it, but like test stuff out and then if it works. I mean, and so anyone listening that's not an entrepreneur or doesn't want to start a company, there's also value in this mentality of realizing, okay, if I want to create value and advance my career, this is how I do it. And the way you do it is you think like an owner. So you you say, okay, what is the owner of this company want? What is their goal this year? And then you simply work on that. And then you basically hack the system. You go to your boss and you say, I understand our company goal is this. I've come up with a plan on how I can be a part of that. And they're going to go, great. 
they're never going to say, no, no, thanks. We, we, we don't want you to advance our company goal. They're always going to say, that's amazing. And then you eventually get raise after raise after raise and promotion after promotion after promotion. At a corporate gig for like two years or something like that, I moved up the ranks pretty quickly, mostly because one, when I first got hired, it was kind of an accidental apprenticeship. He basically didn't pay me very much, but I <laughs> got in the door and I figured out how everything worked. And right. then I figured out like, what makes my boss mad? What makes him happy? Like, yes. what are the things that he's sucking at that he's dropping the ball on all the time? And then I fixed those. And then yep. at the time, like that trial period came up. I don't know if he could afford me, but then he couldn't <laughs> not, he couldn't afford me to leave right. at that point. Right. And there's two points here is one, I think a lot of people optimize for a salary too early yeah. often. They're like, yes. oh, I got to make that $40,000 right out of college or fifty thousand, whatever that number is. And it's like, if you just cut that in half or you took you know half of that and you put that reinvested that back in yourself to learn a specific trade, you can live at a lower level for a little bit, but then it it ramps up exponentially. Absolutely. Yeah. Long a long term vision in your career can absolutely be life changing. Now I understand that some people need a certain amount of money to take care of their kids and they may have to take, you know, a job at a certain level. But if you can optimize, you know, for longer term gain in your career, you're right. It absolutely Absolutely. I mean, even if it's five years of really hard work at lower pay and then, you know, so I think that we're, we're living longer and, and working longer. So say that you start your career, you know, at 20, just cause the math's easier. Mm-hmm. You don't go to college, you know, say you work till you're 25, that really hard, gritty, low level things, but you're earning the ability to make more and yeah. then you have probably 70 years of amazing pay after that. Yeah. Right. So if you could just have a five-year vision or a 10-year vision, I think it's a game changer. So I want to talk about the thing you just touched on right before that was like being an entrepreneur in your career, even if you're not an entrepreneur, because a lot of people, you know, shark tanks out and everybody wants to start their own business or do a Kickstarter. And it's like people like the idea of it and the ideas are fun, but then the execution is like, this real gritty, like getting punched in the face. Elon Musk says it's like eating shards of glass and staring at the abyss or something like that. <laughs> and, yep. and so everybody wants to do that. But, you know, sometimes I've said this before. It's like if you have a good job where you're working on a, like a mission you care about and your boss is cool and you have like autonomy and you're like good at what you do and you get a paycheck every two weeks, and you don't have to like worry about paying other people. And you know, <laughs> right. Like that's not a bad spot to be in. And so I'm curious, one, how many people coming here are just brand new versus maybe trying to take control in the middle of their careers or, you know, changing what they're doing? You know, I think we have a lot of people that want to change careers. They're realizing that this story they were told is not working out. Yeah. Hey, put in your time, get the degree, and then somehow magically you'll have an amazing job and it's just not working. Yeah. And also a lot of people are realizing that all the wealth is being created in technology Mm -hmm. and they're outside of it. And so we have a lot of people who are mothers who are returning to work or people that are in lower level jobs that want a leg up and want a path in. So I would say a lot of folks are career changers and they're just, like I said, it's night school. You know, they're just doing a couple hours a day. So it's funny that you mentioned story because by the time this goes up, a couple weeks ago, I'd had uh, Mike Pacquione on and we oh, talked cool. about story and oh, how it, him. you know, crafting a better story, but then also having like a narrative of your life will change what you think you can do, what you think is possible. And the idea of like initially changing the narrative around university and schooling like that, but then also changing the, the concept of, okay, 
the story that I've been following is I'm going to get a job and then I'm, or I'm going I'm to go to school for four years and then I'm going to have a job and then I just have to like kick back and dread Mondays and look forward to Fridays and right. do that for 50 years. Looking at it like, what does my employer need out of this? How do I make my boss look good? How mm. can I push, you know, how can I make the company more money? And then I can literally go up to my boss and say, I made you X, Y, Z over the last six months. Right. I want to raise or whatever. Right. Yeah. That is the path it's crazy i think employees don't actually realize how much power they have Mm -hmm. they often think the employer has all the power and that's never true good employees have all the power good employees good employees yeah right and the way you become a good employee is you just figure out how do i add value you know my coo who's sitting right out there he started in sales and he literally never stopped trying to add value how can i do this how can i solve this problem you know how can i support the mission how can i put myself second and now he's the chief operating officer it's just a good example of someone who's willing to put in the work and solve problems but the long term vision is what's key you know i think yeah i'm 40 and i still have a lifetime of work left in me I think people start to think, gosh, if you're not like an Instagram influencer by 25, you're you're done, (laughs) right? It's just not true. Mm -hmm. It's like simply not true. You know, the kind of life experience that you begin to gain as you get older makes you unstoppable, Yeah. right? Because you have life experience and you still have time. And when I'm 60, I'm still going to have time because I think realizing that, you know, this life is all I've got, but actually my life is fairly long, right? So I've got, you know, from... 20, if I'm lucky, I'll live to 100. You know, I've got 80 years of work that I can do. I'm just 40, right? So hopefully I have 60 more years of work. And like, when you think about how much you can do in a day, it's not very much. You know, you look at a week, it's not very much. But a year, like you can do a lot in a year. Yeah. And then times that times 80, right? (laughs) I mean, and, and so I think if you're able to have that longer term perspective, and this is something I struggle with every day. I mean, you know, I wake up at 4.30 every day and literally this morning I woke up and I was like, I don't want to get up. You know, like today's going to be hard. I got to do my workout. I'm going to do a bunch of sales calls. Some of them will go bad. Some of them will go great, but it's not going to be easy and I'm tired. Yeah. Right. I had like three beers last night too. So, (laughs) but the point is I didn't feel like waking up, but I was like, I've trained myself to wake up. I'm going to do it anyway. I know I'm going to feel like this, so I'm just going to ignore my feelings, right? And then I put in my headphones and I play, you know, ridiculous dance music like Conbro Chill, right? And that changes my actual mental state and then I I get to work. And so it's like I just know I'm going to need to do that for 80 more years. And it's never going to get easy, but the point is I know that if I do it, then I'll achieve remarkable success longer term. Yeah. So, and I didn't know this. Like, this is not, and I just want the listeners to know, it's not like I, you know, was some crazy entrepreneur, like, you know, pushing lemonade and and grinding <laughs> when I was, you know, 10. I will, no, I, I literally wasn't like that. In fact, I wasn't a grinding, hardworking entrepreneur probably until two years ago. And I started Treehouse eight years ago. Yeah. So, there was a, I had a weird... What was, yeah, what was the shift? Oh, man. So... The problem was initially is that I believed the universe kind of was going to make Treehouse successful because we were doing something good, uh, like truly good. Yeah, you know, like we are empowering people to change their lives with education. Mm-hmm. Like this is fundamentally a good thing. We're making it extremely affordable. We're changing the system. We're going to win. It's going to happen. And I just kind of sat back. And I was 
unable to connect the daily work with a long-term outcome. Yeah. I kind of trace this back to my childhood. I remember I'm very coordinated and physically like talented. Mm -hmm. Um, just happened to be that way. And so I was always a starter on my basketball team. I'm tall and I just kind of sailed through. And then I hit the ceiling where I was like, Oh, I'm not going to make the starting team unless I practice. Like my genetic ability is not enough anymore. And I didn't practice. And not, not that I would be in the NBA now. I definitely would not be, but I would have played varsity ball yeah. and I would have been good at it. And I'm like, why didn't I do the work? And I remember thinking I would come home from school and I'm like, if I want to start, I'm going to have to go out and shoot 50 free throws and it's hot and I'm kind of tired and it's super boring and I didn't do it. And so that mentality carried through until two years ago. Okay. You know, and I'm almost ashamed to admit that. But it's the truth. And so then something interesting happened. We had a business come in and try to buy a treehouse. Okay. And I thought strategically it actually might make sense. I thought combining us with them would make you know, us able to change more lives and build a bigger business. And I thought about it. And we went down the road and got pretty far in the, in the conversation. And then you know, I just had a lot of conversations with my wife and just sort of said, I don't know, like, I truly believe the future of education is affordable and accessible and, and mostly online. I don't know if it makes sense to combine with this business. Like if I'm really honest with myself, I don't think it's a, the right idea, but uh, you know, yeah. and eventually decided, nope, it's not the right idea. Nope. I'm not going to do it. Even though it would have made me very wealthy. And I was like, it's just, is not right. And so I texted the other CEO and I just said, nah, I'm so sorry. It's just not going to happen. Sorry for the trouble, but, it's not meant to be. And uh, he said, you know, are we breaking up over text? <laughs> Which I thought was kind of funny. And I was like, we can have a phone call if you want. Yeah. Like, that's fine. But my mind's made up. And he said, okay, let's talk tomorrow. And then we got on the phone. It was like, I remember it was 5 a.m. I was walking around by myself. It was dark in uh, one of the rooms in our house because the kids were asleep. And, and uh, I said, sorry, it's not going to happen. You know, wish you best of luck. And he said, are you sure about that? And I said, yeah, 100% sure. And he kind of got quiet. And then he said, we're going to crush you. <laughs> and I was like, oh, really? <laughs> hmm. And I just remember this like fire lit in my soul. Yeah. Right. And I was like, and I didn't say anything, but I just physically changed at that moment. And I said, wish you the best of luck. I'm sure you're going to build a big business. It's not with us, mm -hmm. you know, but take care. And I've never been the same person since that moment. Okay. That's an awesome story. Yeah. And I was like, I am going to outwork you like you can't believe. And this is not like, I'll show you. And uh, I just have been like a man on fire since then. You know, so I started immediately waking up at 430. I'm like, all right, I'm going to outwork you. I'm not going to sacrifice my family. Like, so I work, you know, from 430 to 630. My wife wakes up and I bring her coffee. And we talk in bed and. And I have, and I have breakfast at home with my family and, and then I go to work, you know, 8.30 to 6 and I'm extremely focused, you know, I don't work at night, you know, I'm not like doing email late at night. So when do you cut off? I finish at 6 okay. and I am currently working on meditating um, by breathing on my way home as I drive because like it's hard to shift my mind away from work. I think the difference and I want people to hear this is that there is no substitute for hard work. Mm -hmm. Like you can mold your work to your life. 
but there is no substitute for putting in the amount of work you have to do to get something done. And that doesn't mean you have to sacrifice everything, like your health and your family. It just means you have to do the hard work for a long period of time. So it doesn't happen quickly is my message. So one of the things that I've said over and over is most people don't know how strong they can be until they have to be. Yes. And it's until someone puts you in the corner and they said, oh, you're going to either sign this deal or we're going to crush you. Right. And then you have to fight your way out of that corner. You're like, Hurrah! <laughs> and then you know, once you do that and you realize you, you can do that, you can wake up at 4.30, you can do the hard work, you can like grow this faster and uh, right. do it better than you had been. Then you start looking back on your past decisions and you're like, I'm a little disappointed in my right. previous yeah. self here. I'm old Ryan, I'm disappointing you. Like yeah. you could have done this work. And the big lesson for me was I thought I was terrible at sales. So I thought sales is like a dirty thing, you know, and I'm a product guy and I like people and I'm friendly. And and uh, so I never did sales. And this CEO was really good at sales, quote unquote. And so I thought, oh, you know, combining our powers would be great. I'm great at product. He's good at sales. And, and so I had to learn sales. Mm -hmm. And I literally, you know, went onto YouTube and was like, how to sell things. <laughs> you know? Right. So, yeah. I mean, I'm humble. Like I admit, I don't know. Yeah. And so I, I taught myself, and this is what, what you said is so true. When you realize that you can teach yourself something and do it, it is fundamentally life-changing mm -hmm. because I, I believe, you know, as long as you have average intelligence, you know, you're fortunate enough to have your basic needs met, like you can eat and you can sleep and you can breathe. You really can learn anything. And that's the reality that we're in now. If you have internet connection and there's a lot of things like digital literacy and digital inclusion is a real thing. But if you have those things, you really can learn anything. Now, as a white male, I want to acknowledge like there is super real racial and sexist barriers that we as white men just don't have to deal with. And that's another you can learn things, but there's still barriers. But we're beginning to see ways around those things. And that's part of the reason why I'm so passionate about apprenticeship. You know, the the classes that MailChimp is investing in and Envision is investing in, they're all underrepresented people of color or women, right? So we're even seeing those barriers get broken down. So I'm curious, we talked a little bit about your courses that you guys do and then kind of this new space that's kind of opening up as alternative education possibilities. And so I'm curious on your thought of one, where Treehouse fits in that landscape and then talking about maybe other companies that are doing slotting in, in similar areas yeah. that aren't necessarily competing, but like complementary yep. or do something different. But There's a lot of them. You know, we we're just talking about our friends at Mission U. So Adam created an amazing company, you know, and their idea was we could actually have a really interesting college experience, but it's actually free. And then you pay for it once you get a job. Yep. And it's only going to really focus on kind of data science, data analysis. Awesome. And they got bought by WeWork. Or, right. They yeah, got yeah. bought by WeWork, right? And General Assembly got bought by um, Adeco. And, you know, th they're doing interesting work. Th there's so many jobs, yeah. right? So there are 1.3 million new jobs going to be created just in development yeah. in the next 10 years. There's only going to be 400,000 graduates. So we have 900,000 jobs to fill, right? Yeah. So... There's enough work for everybody. There's enough jobs for everybody. There's enough opportunities for everybody. You know, there's a lot of good work being done. Data Camp is another great one. They're like Treehouse, but they just teach data science. You know, there's a lot of really good organizations um, like Yes We Code and Code.org. And, and I view them all as brothers and sisters in the fight because yeah. 
there's a lot of people that deserve better jobs and then get them. Just seeing how things are changing overall, like it's much more hopeful. People are like, oh, I got to save for my kid's college fund. It's like, yeah, no, you, you, don't. Might, you might not have to. Yeah. <laughs> nope. It'll, it's already free and it will definitely be free by the time your kids go to it. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how that continues to play out and, and how things continue to shift in that space. Random question. This is like a challenging question, but do you think there's something that colleges do better than you guys can do at the current moment? Yes. So if you are going to a physical school and you are immersed in a physical campus for four years, there's definitely social EQ that you can learn, Mm -hmm. right? So, you know, being forced to be away from your parents and survive uh, in a social environment is very valuable. But let's think about that for a second. Don't you also learn those things in an apprenticeship? And isn't it actually more real? Because let's imagine you come out of high school and you immediately get a job and you walk into a meeting and, you know, you all send observe, okay, when people are in a meeting, they do these things. They're not snapping. They're not, you know, shouting, you know, yeah. there's kind of rules. Okay. You know, I should probably conform to those rules. Oh, and you know, when I come to office, everyone's on time. It seems like on time people get raises. I should probably be on time. Yeah. Like I definitely shouldn't say anything sexist or racist. Okay. You know, so you learn all these things on the job. Yep. Like, why do you need to pay $100,000 to learn them and go into debt? So I think at the moment, you learn those a little bit better in college, but you're also going into massive student debt. So is that actually good? So this is the conversation that I'll have with friends where <laughs> they say, oh, yeah, but, you know, I, the social experience and the friends that I got out of college is like, blah, blah, blah. I don't, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings because I like all my friends from college. But I'm like, for $100,000 and right. you're saying... I got good friends, which you could have met at a bar. Yeah. Right. Like that's a really great party you're throwing right Right. there. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. And society definitely doesn't need this kind of finishing step. Right. I think humans, I mean, and we literally have examples of this. So the class of apprentices that we created first through Talent Path, which is this program I'm talking about. So we had five people come from the Boys and Girls Club. They're all Latinx. So Mexican, Hispanic, they're all 18 or 19, and they are now working at Treehouse, Envision, and Nike. And they're successful, and they're making great money, right? And so we just, these are just facts, right? So all this talk about getting, you know, social EQ and getting connections and being well-rounded, and then eventually maybe getting a job just are are not true. You can get all these things through apprenticeship, and the employer pays for it all. Yeah, well-rounded in uh, college parlance just means you paid for two years of gen eds that like doubled the length of all the things that you needed to learn and you're right. like i didn't need any of those right and the ironic thing is you can actually get an amazing liberal arts education for free from coursera mm-hmm. right from harvard yeah right so if you really want to learn english literature which is awesome yeah you can do that for free through the best curriculum in the world online yeah. so you're fooling yourself if you think i went to Colorado state you know, it's just a run-of-the-mill state school. Most people go to run-of-the-mill state schools. They're not worth the money. If you can go to Harvard or Stanford or Carnegie Mellon, yes, go. Yeah, of course, that's going to work out well for you. But any other school is absolutely a con in my mind. I think it's going to hollow out the middle and you're going to have the top five places, right. 80-20, it's going to be top five. Yeah then trades and then everything else is going to be trade jobs are actually paid really well yeah right and actually really fun and interesting (laughs) and you're doing something right so i know you got to get out of here but before you go 
I was really curious when you said, I like the backed into the corner moment. Mm. And you're like, I'm going to fight my way out. And then you shifted your whole schedule. Like you mentioned 4.30, 6.30 shifting your wake up time. But like, what are the routines do you have to like keep that energy and that fire? Because that's easy to die out if you have that motivation, but you're not taking care of yourself. Yeah. So what I did is I first wrote down my why statement. It was like kind of my mission statement. And it's related to our work at Treehouse. So, you know, I believe my purpose on earth is to bring affordable education to people so they can change their lives. So I wrote that down and I have a Moleskine journal. So I wrote it down and then I practiced doing this day after day. So I'd wake up at four 30 and like I said, I would immediately put on headphones and I'd listen to energetic music that I love. Like, you know, you have songs you love anything you love. Right. And I would immediately listen to that. I also, you know, not ashamed to miss, uh, to admit, I would listen to um, Eric Thomas videos on YouTube. He's a okay. motivational speaker. Yeah. How bad do you want it? How, how yeah, yeah. bad? Like, yeah, yeah. It, you know, I mean, it, he's just great. So, you know, I would do that for consistently. That, that would change my mindset. Then I go downstairs, you know, make a cup of coffee. And then I'd immediately look at my why statement. Cause it's like, this is hard. Why am I doing this? Okay. This is why. Okay. That's, that's work. I did have to make sure I worked out. Um, this is one of those weird things about life is, you know, working out seems counterintuitive because it takes time, but man, it gave me a lot of physical strength. Mm -hmm. So I run Spartan races. So I just do simple training for that. Nothing crazy. Yeah. You know, just, I go down my basement and I, you know, do really simple training. And then, you know, I center on a very short list of to do. So I make my to do list before the day starts. I do the most important things first. It's usually actually, it's actually usually the boring, repetitive things. I'm like, I know I have to do this today. Yeah. I'm not going to want to do it later. Let's get it done. Yep. Honestly, I feel like I'm, I'm not taking great care of myself right now because there's kind of too much work to do at Treehouse. It's just to get us over our hump. And then I think it'll calm down a little bit and be a little more sustainable. But it's definitely not perfect. And I don't want listeners to think that there's like a trick or a silver bullet. Yeah, yeah. I think it always feels like you're on the edge like of good and bad. Like I'm doing pretty well. These things are going right. These things are going amazing. It never is like, oh, I've arrived. So it's, it's not the perfection. It's the shift that I'm always interested in. Right. And so that shift. And I don't know if you had that mission statement written down before you got back to the corner. But like... I didn't. Okay. So that's where it's like, okay... You don't have to get everything right, but like if you figure out that one thing that's going to flick that switch. Yes. And then you're like, okay, when I read that, I'm like... Right, it's go time. Yeah, we're going to do this. I think the key is going to an emotional place. You know, what is it that really makes you mad or makes you happy or what is that thing? Like no matter what it is. And if you haven't found it, that's okay. Like I didn't... I mean, this didn't happen until me. I'm 40. This was... I was 38. So I think that the key is figure out that thing and then pivot on that and then realize, okay, this is also going to take a long time. Yeah. I find people, it's easy to get emotional about a lot of different things. If you're paying attention to the news and everything that's going on and people get upset about everything. And then when it comes to like the important things that like they have control over, they've expended all of their important right. emotional states. And so it's like, if you can, I'm not huge on stoicism. I know it's a trend right now. I am probably a little bit more stoic than yeah. I think stoicism I am. But stoicism uh, is good. Once you do it, you're stoic, but then you reserve that like, you know, what'd you call it? Like the anger yeah. or you're like, have something you get mad about yeah. and then get mad about it and then just crush it. Like, yeah. and I love that. So I know there is power in having a chip on your shoulder. Right. And I let it drive me. I'll probably be that way till I die. I'm just so angry about the system and I'm so 
angry that that guy said I couldn't do it. And, you know, I, it was just, and it's interesting because I'm not a competitive person, like in a way, like I don't like try to beat everybody and always try to win. I just thought you have no right to tell me that. Yeah. Like you made that personal. Yeah. It was a little too personal. I know. And ironically, you got fired. <laughs> <laughs> So it's one of those things like, you know, kind of goes to prove if you're a kind person, but you work extremely hard, oh. you're pretty hard to stop. So cool. Uh, so we got to get you out of here. But uh, if people fun. want, yeah, this is good. We have to talk about Spartan races at some oh, point. Yeah, but, at some uh, point. <laughs> yeah. Where can people find out more about you, about Treehouse? So I'm everywhere online is just Ryan Carson. So Instagram, Ryan Carson, Twitter, uh, Ryan Carson, and then Treehouse is teamtreehouse.com. Funny story. We, we wanted to get treehouse.com eight years ago and it was like a million dollars. So we just went for team treehouse. But if you just Google either Ryan Carson or treehouse, you'll find us everywhere. And if someone wants to start one of your courses, is their best course to start with? Oh, there is. I would say start with beginner JavaScript. It's really easy. It's like writing a story. It's fun. Just give it a go. All right, man. That's cool. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks for doing this. All right. That's it. If you guys enjoyed the show, go ahead and over to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, we're on Spotify now. Go ahead and leave a rating or review, five stars if you can. If it's not five stars, it's four stars. That's cool. If it's more than that, just email me. Tell me what I can do better. But it's the number one way we can reach more people and help more people push their limits and do something impossible. So head on over there. It takes 10 seconds, helps the show a ton, and make sure we keep doing this. Also, a reminder, starting 10,000 blogs with startablog.com. If you guys want a free blog, Get started with your impossible list and actually start taking steps to knock things off your impossible list and change your life. Blogging is a great way to do that. We'll set you up with a free blog at startablog.com slash free blog. Check it out. Like I said, our goal is to help 10,000 people start a blog. So you could be one of them. Check it out. Startablog.com slash free blog. Check it out today and get started. Then do something on your impossible list and knock it out. While you're at it, get an impossible shirt, impossible gear. Com. It's the most comfortable way to do something uncomfortable. You're going to look really good in it. I promise. Take a photo, knock something off your impossible list, and then go on to the next thing. And while you're out pushing your limits, make sure to check out MoveWellApp.com. MoveWellApp.com. 10-minute mobility routines to help you get stronger, move better, and get injured less or just recover from your injuries. So check it out. 10-minute mobility routines. 10 minutes a day is going to make you feel way better, guys. I promise you. I know I sound like a drone going on and on and on about this, but once you start doing it, you're going to realize how much better you feel, how much better you're going to be able to perform. We got a lot of new updates coming for that too, so stay tuned. Android people, I got you. I promise. And that is it for today's announcements. I've got another great show for you guys coming up next week. Same time, same place. But until then, keep pushing your limits and do something impossible.